Darker Days of Dorothy Gale Aftermath For Episode 6 Chapter 2 The Man with the Spring Heels Parts of this story involve graphic depictions of sexual violence and abuse. It's important to know there are people and resources available to help. No one should ever suffer in silence. No one should ever be ignored. If you need help, RAIN, that's R-A-I-N-N, has a lot of resources, including a 24-hour helpline. That's 800-656-HOPE. 800-656-HOPE. This podcast is not associated or endorsed by RAIN, but they are a wonderful resource dedicated to making the world a better place. Are you still here? At least for the time being? Maybe you're just here to see what I have to say after this week's chapter before leaving. Or maybe you're not planning on leaving at all. I don't know. This week was a rough chapter. It sets the stage for the rest of the book. The tone for the rest of the book. I feel the man with the spring heels is the first real step into darker days. It's a full-length chapter with the return of one of the most memorable yet deplorable villains of dark days, a return to one of the more memorable locales, and introduces two new characters, short-lived though they may be. We meet Roman and Melinda in the city of Nitvis. This takes place in the year 20, B-T-W, before the wizard, and of course long before Dorothy arrives in Oz as well. I always felt Dark Days was lacking a little in terms of world-building and history. An issue that came from the fact that I was trying to keep somewhat faithful to Baum's original work. Newsflash, Baum's world became 100 times more vibrant after the release of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Sure, it was colorful, it had different regions and locales, crazy animals, and a cast of interesting characters, but there's no denying that first story looks flatter than Kansas when compared to the rest of his books. Anyway, I digress. A lot of what I write is inspired by other cinematic works or horror stories from admired authors. It's almost like I don't have any ideas of my own. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Home invasion stories scare the life out of me. This chapter is essentially that, a home invasion story. I assume if you're listening to this, you've at the very least listened to the recap episode from the end of last season. 
And if you listened to that first season altogether, or just a recap, like I said, you'll know that Reginald is not a force to be reckoned with. Or is a force to be reckoned with. How does that saying go? You know, I think I just confused myself. Either way, he is not to be trifled with. We'll put it that way. I think that sounds a bit more young and hip anyway, don't you? It begins with the introduction of Roman and Melinda. I've always liked the name Melinda, and the name Robin is actually taken from Ira Levin's classic Rosemary's Baby, though the similarities stop there. He is nothing like Roman and Levin's book. I've just always liked that name since reading it. I imagine Roman is being modeled after, wait for it, that's right, Jet from Cowboy Bebop. My love for that show is undying. Of course, this book was written long before that weird live-action thing from Netflix. He's big, he's tough, he's trimming a bonsai tree. He hears a knock at the door and accidentally clips the wrong branch. The clipping of the wrong branch is actually a direct reference to a scene from Cowboy Bebop. Even my choice of voice here is me attempting to do my very best jet impression. I kind of wish I would have saved that voice for a later, more prominent character, but I didn't. So there's that. He opens the door to find a slender and stylish figure, leaning on a cane on his front step. Reginald is the name, and of course, he needs a place to rest for the night. Roman isn't too keen on the idea of letting a stranger in, but Melinda is far more trusting. Reginald is not a vampire, but I like the idea that he at least kind of lives by a weird vampire code. Is it possible he wouldn't have entered the house if he wasn't invited in? He probably would have much like when he went back on his word after letting Dorothy go in dark days. If the story demands it, he will do it. Melinda convinces Roman into taking this man in for the evening. How harmful can he be, after all? He's walking with a severe limp and a cane. She's taken in by this mysterious storyteller and is all too willing to forfeit any information to him. She tells him of her inability to have children, and the fact that Roman has a child in Il Dyed. Roman, of course, is not cool with this, but very begrudgingly goes along with everything anyway. Things get ugly when Roman finally lets his guard down. Reginald reveals himself to be a fraud and master manipulator. He attacks his host and instructs his hostess to wait for him in the bedroom. In the nude. It's revealed that he has, in fact, been here before. He knows where the bedroom is, he knows the layout of the house, and he's taken the liberty of nailing the windows shut. 
From here on out, the chapter devolves into a scene of sexual assault. I tried to remain tactful and keep it respectful. It can be incredibly difficult to write something so vile without being sensationalistic or maybe even coming off as slightly erotic. Part of the reason this book is no longer on Amazon is because after reading it for this podcast, I felt that my original text came off as, uh, well, it came off as kind of steamy. It was largely from Reginald's perspective. It wasn't written quite as much as a rape scene, as much as a sex scene, and it didn't do much to emphasize the trauma Melinda goes through. It felt gross for all the wrong reasons. I didn't realize just how terrible it was until after I recorded it and listened to it. I pulled the book down because I didn't want it to be misconstrued as some sort of sick rape fantasy. Somewhere out there, there's seven or eight people with that original text. Thankfully, it's only seven or eight. After coming to this realization, I rewrote the chapter and made it what you heard on this week's episode. I had decided early on that this podcast isn't going to be about monetization, and through the process of rewriting this chapter, I decided the same thing about the book. Maybe once this show gets moving along, or concludes when it eventually concludes, I will release a revised edition of the book. For now, though, you only get this audiobook. I stripped the rape scene of some of its more graphic detail and focused more on the trauma of the experience. I wanted to focus more on the victim than the predator. I tried to portray it as a nightmarish, out-of-body experience that reflects the torment both physically and spiritually of such detestable violence. I sincerely hope I was successful in my goal to be more respectful to victims of rape and abuse. Once Reginald leaves, Melinda finds Roman dead. She becomes pregnant, remembers something she thought was impossible, and gives birth to a child in an insane asylum. She experiences a deep sense of grief with the birth of her child and abandons it the second it is born. The child is then sold to the highest bidder. There's a lot of darkness in this chapter. Overwhelmingly so, really. And things are only going to get worse as the story moves along. So I guess consider that a little bit of a warning. If I missed something, or failed to address something you feel I should have, by all means, let me know. I'm always open to questions, comments, or constructive criticism. As the youngsters out there say, uh, you know what, 
I'm just not feeling that joke today. You don't have to like the content I create. I'm totally cool with that. But you can still be nice. Remember, kindness is a choice. You can always contact me on Twitter, DarkDorothyG, via email, darkdaysofdorothygale at outlook.com. You can find me on Instagram, and I guess even TikTok if you so choose, at the ordinary sun. That's S U N. And of course, there is always the official Dark Days of Dorothy Gale website, ddofdg.com. As of this recording, it has some cool Dark Days of Dorothy Gale merchandise and a collection of artwork, such as photography and sketches. At the moment, I'm not planning on making any darker Days of Dorothy Gale merchandise. I've got a lot of creative ventures going at all times. Photography, writing, podcasting, and believe it or not, I don't do any of this to make money. But if for some strange reason you do want to support me as an artist financially, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash ordinary sun. That's S-U-N. If you do, I'll, I don't know, give you a shout-out on a unsuccessful and obscure podcast or something. And if you don't want to donate to this cause, that's fine, too. I'm happy to do this either way. Come back next week for Chapter 3, Beatrice. Thanks for listening. I love you all.